We're learning about the Tefillah of Hanukkah. And we saw that Hanukkah's Tefillah was really directed that HaKadosh Baruch I want a child as someone who has been ever the Hashem and therefore should willingly forego the Nachas or the joy of bringing him up just that he should be if she wasn't worthy of that he said as long as he'll, she can have the child dedicated to Hashem that's all, all she asked for. That's where we've gotten to so far. There's just one more point which I need to explain. And that was what Chazal say, that Chazal on the Pasuk, Darish it says, Imra'atira, if you'll see, you'll surely see. And Chazal explained it to mean that Chana says Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I can, so to speak, force you to give me a child. Why? Because the Rachel was that if a lady was suspected of being a Saita, and she was actually innocent, so the Pasuk says, V'niksa v'nezra azar, should have children. And therefore, the Mashmaz al-Khazal is, that he said, Hashem, I can uh, become a Saita, so to speak, and that way I won't do anything wrong, and I'll be accused falsely, and you'll have to give me a chance. And we asked that a number of questions. Firstly, uh, she couldn't engineer that on her own. And then again, if her husband firstly warns her, and afterwards suspects her, and accuses her, brings her to the basement, and secondly, even if that would have been the case, that's clearly awesome. I was not allowed to put himself in a situation where they attempted to do an avera. I was not allowed to force himself to be suspected wrongly. So why was, what was Khan saying when she meant it? That is all will come to explain to Ezra. Anyway, while she's davening, she's being watched. The Kohen Gadol, the Pasuk says, you're holding in Pasuk, uh, you're Gimel. The Khan, he made a very was davening quietly. Lips are moving, but she, she her voice, she wasn't heard by anybody else. Eli is looking at her. Eli thinks that she's drunk. Now, why would Eli think that she's drunk? So, there's three different explanations over here. We have to explain each one. Let's start first with what's brought in Chazal. Um, and that is, Ali as a coin Gadol would be wearing the Urim Vuturim. We know that when the coin Gadol was unsure of something, so the Urim Vuturim would light up, and the letters of the answer would appear as letters which are sh- shined more brightly on the Urim Vuturim. And the coin Gadol would have to understand how to construct them into what the message from Hashem was meant to be. Now the problem with that obviously was that the letters which maybe provided the answer sometimes can be read in different ways. And if that's the case, then it's a question of how to put together the letters in order to understand the message. How is the Kohen Gadol meant to know what the right option was? And that's why besides that's what the Rabban asked, the Urim, the Tumim, that the Urim was the fact that they would up, the Tumim was Lashon Tumim. So there had to be a certain Yerach uh, HaKodesh that the Kohen Gadol had in order to connect the letters correctly. Anyway, so, uh, in this particular case, Chazal say that on the Urim Tumim, Eli saw the letters Hey, Chof, Rosh, and Shin later. And the question is, there are a number of possible ways to put those letters together into a word. Eli considered the right way to read the word the Shikara, which means that she's drunk. And therefore, Eli saw that. Why was the Urim Tumim telling him that? Because, and this is an important point, 
that we know there's also for a person to dive when they're drunk. That's also the comment of the best of English when you're drunk. Now, who's responsible? Who's responsible for protecting the base of Megdash? So Hashem says the Ayin Akoyin. It's a pasuk in Parshas Korach. Atzo u'banecha itcho tisos Ayin Akoyin. You, Yisrael, and your children are responsible for protecting the base of Megdash. And therefore, part of the responsibility that they had to protect the base of Megdash was to ensure that people didn't come into the base of Megdash in a state they weren't allowed to. And therefore, any thought that the reason why Yisrael, why the Urmatsumim are telling him that she's a shikara, that she's drunk, is because that way it's there to, to, to instruct him what he needs to do. That gives him a message. That gives him a message. She's drunk, and therefore you, you're instructed to prevent her from davening or from coming to Mesamugdash in such a state. Because if there had been another way to read it, then I didn't understand what was, why was that something which was being told to him. Why was he required to know that? Because normally the Ulmah Tzumim, one wasn't allowed to consult the Ulmah Tzumim for everything. The Allah is a person that's only allowed to consult the Ulmah Tzumim either on behalf of the king, or on behalf of the Sanhedrin, or on behalf of the whole Jewish people. But for any random person in Shaila, um, one wasn't allowed to use Ulmah Tzumim. And in that case, we understand that Eli obviously wasn't doing the wrong thing. He didn't consult the Ulmah Tzumim as to what's going on with Khanat. So it must have been that the Ulmah Tzumim lit up on the road. And if that's the case, Eli was trying to think, what's the message and I'm being told that the Urmatim is warning me. And therefore, since he understood, like we said, it's, it's the Kohen's responsibility to maintain the sanctity of the Vesa Mekdash, I'm being told that she's a Shikara, she's drunk, in which case it's my responsibility to stop her. Which is why he doesn't just leave her alone, and okay, she's drunk, and he, not, not, not interfere. He, he, he steps in, and he says to the Apostle How long are you going to become drunk for? A serious yernich me'arayich. And therefore he doesn't tell her off for why you're davening when you're drunk. He decided he'd rather deal with like, the cause, what he thought the cause of the problem was. And that is, he said, why, what's making you drink? Why, why, why are you becoming drunk? How long are you drunk for? He understood this was something which she would often do. She was, she was often drunk. And that's why he gives a Muslim for like, why are you always getting drunk? Why would anything that? He'd seen her one time. Um, in a, like in this state, so why would we think this was something which at most? How often are you doing this? Why would this something be, be which you considered regular? So it comes from the way he understood the words that Eretz told him. The word shikaira is not someone who's drunk now, but somebody who's a drunkard. And if he understood that the Eretz didn't tell him that right now that she's uh, she has drunk. And if we're right now, she can't dive in, but she's a shikara. She's someone who's always drunk. That's why he responded the way he did. It's also interesting because even though we don't find any other uh, time in Tanakh, it uses the word shikara about a lady. So we don't have the, the example in Tanakh somewhere else of a lady who's drunk, a shikara, but we have people who are drunk, which are shikarim, a number of times in Tanakh. And always it spells with a vav. Shikara is always spelled with a vav. And the Chari Vetsa case here also, it should have been spelled Shikara Shinchav Vav Reishe. Why is it at the Vav? So that's part of why Chana uh, tells him you're making a mistake. In the way that uh, in the way that the Chazal explained it, she says she says you should have read the word Kshera as a lady. She's kosher. In other words, she's, she, what she's doing is okay, 
It's not shikara. And why would he have thought that way? Why would that have been the better way to read it? Like I said, because shikara and the should have taken a vav. And there was no vav. And therefore, she, Chana was telling Eli, in her response to him, you misread what the Umar were telling you. Obviously, the question then is, and that is, well, what was the message the Umar Tum were trying to convey? If, as Eli understood, the Umar Tum were telling her a message, prevent her from davening, she's drunk. And it's giving an instruction to her. But if she wasn't doing anything wrong, so then Eli doesn't have to interfere with her. So why would the Urmah Tumim try to tell him something? So they just love to answer. In other words, according to the, the Mahalach of Chazal, and that is, there was a, a question of what the Urmah Tumim was saying to him. So it's not just a question of what they were saying to him, it's also a question of why they were speaking to him. What did he have to do? What did he have to do that that's why he was meant to uh, take a message with the Urmah Tumim trying to tell him? Anyway, that's the, the first Mahalach um, in explaining what, why he thought she was drunk and why he was wrong. There's another Mahalach also. And that is what some of them are showing us over here. And that is that that excuse me, what we saw last time, that that wasn't necessarily the normal way to daven. Why we saw because either a person, um, if they wanted to daven, wouldn't daven that long. And it says why he can hear She was davening a long time. Or if Malvin presented, if that's the case, then if a person feels close to Hashem, he can daven quietly. He doesn't have to shout. Hashem's next to him. But if that's the case, he doesn't have to daven for a long time. But if a person feels distanced, and therefore has to cry out to Hashem from a distance, then the person will have in the lab. to signify I'm far away. We find this concept lots of times in Tefillah. Sometimes we find here that Tefillah is considered sikhi, a speech, which a person can say quietly. Sometimes Tefillah is a It's a tzaka. By Yitzhak, he cried out. Why would a person cry out? When the person feels Hashem is distant, and therefore he wants to show Hashem, I feel distant from you, that's why I'm crying out. Not because Hashem can't hear, but it's from the person's position. Because I feel I'm far away from you, so then I, I'm going to cry out. An example of this, Maskil David. David is hiding in the cave and he felt very distant from Hashem. He says that. I'm going to cry out, I'm going to scream to Hashem. Why? Because he says, I'm, I'm, I feel very far away from you. There's no one protecting me. I'm, 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 I'm going to get, I'm going to last. I'm, I'm, I'm cracked, whatever the Lashon is. And therefore, the, the, the Nusach of Tefillah, the expression of how to daven from afar, was to be tzayah, to cry. Whereas when a person feels close, so he doesn't have to cry, he can talk quietly. And that's what, what uh, I'm partially explaining, what Ayy didn't understand about Khan's Tefillah. On the one hand, you daven quietly, so you feel close, Lashon, so why do you have to be married? Right. And therefore, he thought, and he signed that she was a shikara. In other words, why would, why would being drunk answer the question. And the answer is, is is he someone who's drunk? It's at this point. On the one hand, a person who's drunk feels very connected. So if she was drunk, it would make sense why she would talk quietly because she would feel very connected. Like you always see, it's in Purim every year. But when they're drunk, they're going to kiss the Parekhas and they, they go down in the next hour. There's a certain feeling a person gets of they feel more connected. On the other hand, uh, when a person's drunk, but also, it affects the way they think. And therefore, they're much more likely to keep talking again and again and again. They don't, like, I've said what I need to say, and that's all. And therefore, we thought, why would somebody on the one hand feel close, and on the other hand, have to be married with Tvila? Must be she's drunk. That was the, the, the analysis Ali came to from watching how she was acting. That's the second Mahalach. The third Mahalach, and this is something which is situational. We have to remember what happened. It was Yantif, and it was a son of a different Yantif, it was Yantif. 
So, however, does it say that everyone come in the morning to the Mishkan, that would happen. It would bring Korbanus, and then after the Gafel, they said it's Yantu. And now, what happened was, it says, Hana, after everybody ate, now she comes to the Gafel. She wasn't there that morning. She wasn't crying and till that morning. So, what happened? Why is she only coming to Daven now? Now is not the time for Davening. Imagine Rosh Hashanah. After Shul clears out after Musaf, and Avakas says, an hour later, someone comes and they're pouring their heart on and crying, what's going on? The time, we already finished Davening today. So why now is the time to think? So that's why he thought. Can you read this? If it was a real Tzarek, she would have come to Daven before. If it was only after the meal, now this is what inspires her to come to Daven, it's something which happened during the meal. It made her feel like this. It's not, that, it's not the tefillah which she would have had if that's what she really wanted to daven. And therefore, because that's when she came to daven, he thought maybe she drank in the meal. And that's, why she's, that's the way she's davening now. Which again, is a reasonable thing, because we see that people did used to drink during the meal. And the Lach is the person that's why we don't do it in the afternoon. That's why it's also brought to the person called Paskin, to be drunk, or whatever, or whatever other, or come to the base of Mikdash. Whatever rules it would be, that if after the person is drunk, he's also to, to do things which are also to do when a person is under the influence of alcohol. So that's what he thought happened to him. That's what he says to him. That uh, you're not allowed to dive in when you're drunk. So whatever the reason is, either because of the mystery that remember Tumim, or because Surah of Hash was davening, or because of the time in which she was davening. So Eddie thought this isn't a tefillah which is coming from uh, a real makam of tzara that she's coming down from, it's coming from uh, something external. So that's what Eddie says to her. Fatan Khan, the Prophet says, well, Eddie responds, simply means, uh, it's not like you think. And as you blame her, it's not true, I'm not drunk. Rashi says it in a more sharply worded language, there the knee, which means if that's what you say about me, you don't deserve to be considered a kohen god. You aren't someone who knows what you're talking about. You're showing that you don't have a kohen because you're wrong. It's not, it's not true. I'm not drunk. So, which is a harsh thing to say, which you're going to see after she herself will apologize for. But she says, so, so what am I doing? And she says, Isha kshas rach Kshas Rach is an expression which comes in Tanakh in other, ta- other cases as well. And someone who's experienced difficulties. And therefore they they feel the bitterness of having been through suffering. And I didn't drink. So why was I coming to Dharma while I was davening? I came to pour out my nephesh to Hashem. So, how does that answer the question? So, Let's look at the different options of why any thought she was a Shakira and how this how Hana was responding to that. So let's take the second option first, where any thought that the tzura that she was davening wasn't the normal way to daven. Either, either you daven in the land, or you daven quietly. But if that's the case, you don't need to be married. You don't have to spend a long time in davening. So then she answers that there's two points to davening. Number one, the reason I was davening quietly is because um, what's the level of tefillah when a person is called Eshbech Esnash Lifnash? It's an expression we find other places in Tanakh also as referring to tefillah. For example, pour out your nefesh, this is like water, in front of Hashem. So, what does it mean to pour out his nefesh in front of Hashem? 
So the Nevi Shachayim explains it. The Nevi Shachayim explains in Shachayim is talking about Tefillah. We learned it together. And he says the concept of a person to be Shoifich is Nafshay. The Purah is Nefesh in front of Hashem. Is that Ke'ilu, let's first explain the Nefesh of a person, is the person's Ratzin. Like we said, Yesh is Nafshachem, Yesh is Ratzinachem. The Nefesh of a person is what he wants. This is what I want. And if I'm diving to Akadosh Baruch this is what I want. So then, I'm not pouring out my nefesh. On the contrary, I'm talking from my nefesh. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, to pour out my nefesh means this is uh, even this is even though I have what I want, I'm prepared to negate what I want mm-hmm. in front of what Hashem wants. That's the eshbech as nefesh. I'm discarding my nefesh if Hashem because of what Hashem wants. And that's what Chana was saying to Eli. And that was if what I was davening for was what I wanted, I just have to make the request. That's more than that. But I want to get to the stage in Tefillah where I'm saying, Akadosh Baruch Hu, I'm overcoming what I want. And I'm diving for something which is Ratzad Hashem, which is more than I want. That's Hirubasad Yisvana. The person needs to get to that level where they can fully feel that I'm, I'm not, I don't have a personal, so to speak, interest what I'm diving for. I'm coming to dive for something which is for you, Hashem, which is Nishma. Right. So Nash is what I want. The Eshvach is Nash, I'm prepared to pour out my Ratzad Hashem. And as I'm prepared to discard my interest, that it's, uh, in order that to to become to daven for what Hashem wants, and uh, that's how we explained that feeling before. She was saying, Hashem, I want a child, but a mother wants a child to bring up the child, to get nachas from the child, to have a connection to the child. I'm willing to give up on that. I'm willing to have a child I'll never see again. I want to dedicate the child to Hashem, that's it, Hashem. Mm-hmm. That takes time. And that's what you're saying. I'm close. I'm not coming from a distance. I double quietly. Uh, but from a bottom of Kirva, back to, to achieve a certain level is the Hirba Sal Ismail. It's a certain Oymek in Tfila we learn from Hannah. What the Gemara brings us, when it talks about the Hasidim Rishonim, is to spend an hour preparing for Daven. They have to get to a certain level that, uh, uh, to Daven. This is part of the same process. Again, the Hashem explains. It wasn't that person, it took a person an hour to prepare for davening to know what he wants. People know very well what they want. The idea of preparing an hour for davening was to think of how am I going to daven for what Hashem Baruch wants? How am I going to get to the level above what I want in order to daven as Kiru Lifnei Hashem for what Hashem wants? So on that, on that answer, on that argument of why, why are you davening a long time and quietly, so we understand the answer very beautifully what Hashem said. Now, on the other point, and that is, why are you davening now? Because it wasn't the time for Tefillah. So here we have the story, we know the answer already. And the answer is, what prompted Hanan to daven is the fact that uh, until now she was maybe relying on Alkanah's Tefillahs as well, which was so helpful that he, that, that he was also davening for every child, and now she saw that he tells her, listen, Hanan, what, don't be upset. You know, you have my relationship, my license, it's worth more than children. Like we saw previously, that prompted her to daven, because if he's giving up on me, then I'm going to have to daven for myself. And if that's the case, that only happened when he came back and brought the meat and gave her more. And told her this, and then she said, therefore, that would be the, why am I davening now? So she said, not because I ate and drank. On the contrary, she didn't eat and drink. It's because of the tzar that I have now, that's why I came to daven now. What's the... What's the third answer? The third answer, and that is, if Eli thought that the 
the way he was meant to read the Urmatumim was which is a Shekaira, and therefore he's meant to stop her. So now she says, I'm not Shekaira, it's not the right path in the Urmatumim. So what did the Urmatumim mean? So that's the And if that's the case, what is it talking to Eli? What's it going to, what's it going to do with it? So, Benishim will see in two second time, Eli understood, if that's the case, what the Urmatumim's message is not, that are meant to prevent her from davening. On the contrary, the Urmatumim's message is I'm meant to daven for her. Mm. I'm meant to daven for her. She's a Kshari and I'm meant to give her a brach. And like we see, that's what he's going to do. Because he understood the Urmatum is telling me something. So he misunderstood what the Urmatum was telling him. But now he understands if that's the case, then obviously the meaning was different. The meaning she's a Kshari and I'm meant to bless her, which she does. But before that, Khan now apologizes for what she says to him. And she says, I'll tell you this in a Moscow. If don't consider me to be a bastard, an evil person. Why? Because the way I spoke to you. And she spoke very sharply. And she said, you don't, you, if that's what you thought about me, you don't have a Kodesh. So she takes a step back. And she says, because Rashi, Rashi explains it, she says, yeah, don't, don't take, I'm sorry I spoke like that. Don't consider me to be a bad person. I don't have respect for the Kohen Godel. But, um, what does she mean by that? So Kasi, you understand, from the road of pain, the road of tire I have, that's why I spoke about it. But, and that's the case, what's the double lashon, Sikhi Vakasi. So once again, Rashi explains, Sikhi is also the lashon of tzar, the lashon of Aninus. And every time I spoke, I had a pain, when I told you that you were wrong, that I wasn't a shekha. That's the way, that's the way that Rashi explains the possible, after accusing Adi of, Making a mistake about it, even certainly he's never rachakodesh, and actually he's apologizing. He said, "Don't consider me to be a bad person. That didn't mean to offend you. Just, you know, when a person speaks out of pain, it's a different. You have to uh, consider them more compassionately." Okay, so that's the way that the Rashi explains. Um, now, other Mephoshim explain it differently, and that is, she's not going to here to explain why she spoke to Ali the way she did. She's going back to explain the tefillah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't consider me to be a bastial that I was speaking when I was when I was drunk, which is against Allah, because the, the reason I davened as long as I did is the pain that I have, and uh, that, that's why I davened until now. Now, what's the Dablash and Sikhi Vakasi? So we already saw this. She had two different sides. Number one, she didn't have children. That's one side. That's the Siach. Number two, the kais. That was a pnina. The pnina is always killed or taunting her or making it more painful for her. So Mirav Kaisi is regarding regarding pnina that that's what made you speak the way I did. In other words, now that's an interesting point. Because how does that fit into the story? In other words, if he's saying it should dabbing, I shouldn't just quickly quit the man and there's no, there's not for me. It's to bring her over the to work. So why, why is the way she feels, and she feels about Tina, a part of the Tina? We just understood that she was, you know, on a level higher than that. So the answer is, this is the story said before. Bavada, when she came to David. When a person, so then she came, like the boss says, that she came from the tzar, that she wasn't able to eat and she wasn't able to drink. She was very bitter, and therefore she came to daven from her own feeling. 
she wanted to get to the stage of Eshbach was not to Hashem. And therefore she says that uh, there was both aspects. I started off but I wanted to get to the stage where I could through Tfila overlook my own feelings and bring my Tfila to a point where it was the Hashem. Why am I pointing this out? Because it's an important point. We heard from the Mashkir of Olbaz Khan Rafa that a person shouldn't fool themselves to think they're doing things the Shem Shemaim. No, when they're ready to do it for themselves. It's a, a common thing a person thinks, oh, no, it's not for me, it's Manasha. It's not always the case. And therefore, Khan is admitting, I have Tsar here also. I started to daven from, from my own personal Tsar and from the, the cast that I have in Plina. But I was trying to get to a stage of where the Twitter would be the Shema. It's a process. A person has to work towards the stage, not to fool oneself. Yes, I'm holding by that level of shameless before a person is. Okay, so that's the, that's the continuation of what Chana says. Okay. So there's two Malachim. You have to go to Rashi the whole way. That when, when A calls a Shikari, she says, not true. Like Rashi says, you let a Baruch HaKadosh if you say that. In which case, she wanted to come back and apologize. If, it's, if you say not like that, that she was explaining it to her, then you don't have to say the first word of Rashi either. And that is, she wasn't coming to attack, which is not true what you say. Like the Mitzvah explains, and Erdak explains, that that really means, I'm not like, it's not like you think, I'm not drunk. But she wasn't coming to attack him. Okay, so that's the two Mitzvahs. One last point. We asked before, what was the idea of her Kira threatening to become a Satan? We said before, it's, uh, firstly, that probably wouldn't have worked. And secondly, it's also. So the Chayadi, you said something else. She wasn't actually saying, I'm going to go and become a Satan. But she went to a different point. And that is, let's think about it a second. It's like a question. It says if a lady was accused of being a Satan and falsely, she's able to have a child. She's not a grosser Tzadikas. It's not like she's mamish a Tzadikas, we were completely wrong and therefore you know, we made a terrible mistake of accusing her. We talk about a person that didn't have We talk about a person that was warned, don't be misyachet with somebody, and she was. And, the, and the, even Aileen, but her husband told her not to misyachet, she didn't listen to him, she was misyachet. So it's already over in Yechot, and she already went against what her husband warned her about. So it's not like we're talking about such a sadekis. And what? She, she wasn't as bad as we thought. Why does she deserve a reward for that? Who wants to be misyachet? Who wants to be misyachet? And what? what? What do you have to say? Yes, sir. And that is? And this is, Mami's going to be the gate the next boss, so we have to charge for now. Because there's a principle of, even if a person was did something wrong, but we accuse them of worse than they actually did, that's considered a question We thought that they were really bad and only a little bit bad. That's also a question is suspecting somebody innocent. Now, innocent doesn't mean 100% of Innocent means they're more innocent than we thought they were. So she wasn't a big today because we thought she was a real Russian. And we see she were wrong. If that's the case, like the Gemara says in Brachas, it's a Brachas. The master, we assume, we suspect that somebody of doing worse than they actually did. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, they deserve a brach. And therefore, the Torah promises are a child. Not as a tzedekas, but as a fact of she was wrongly accused. Now, this is in the Kudah. This is in the Kudah here. When a person learns suffers whatever they're suffering, then there will always be people who think the reason that they're, being, that, that they're suffering it's is because they're being enough. punished for something. Must have done something wrong. She hasn't have children for so long. Must be she's not such a sadakist. We see it in our six parsha. Hagar. 
it said when she became pregnant and Sarah wasn't. Okay, it says, because it said, Sarah is obviously not as big as Sarah as we think she is. Look, she never had a child. Why are you suspecting she did something wrong? She's a Tzedekah, so she doesn't want to give her children. But that's the Matthias in the world. When you see somebody learning who's going through whatever suffering it is, people start to think maybe there's something that they deserve it for. You know, they're not as big as Tzedekah as they think. Says Hannah, they were questioning me because of a question. It's not true, I did nothing wrong. And if that's the case, if for somebody who did something wrong, not as bad as she, they made it out, but she did something wrong, the Torah promises her a child. You should know that I deserve a child too. By that same argument, because whoever's, whoever's accusing me of or doing something wrong, which is I wasn't left with the children, it's not true. Now we're going back to what we said before. This was part of the time of Tina. The cases of Sarasagam Kas was because even on the side that Pina meant Hashem Shemana, we saw before, she was thinking, Khan, if you're bigger today, because you'll have children. So she's also thinking, even on the time that she's thinking Hashem Shemana, Khan, you're not, you're not, there's something wrong with you. You're doing something wrong. And therefore, if I push you harder, you'll do trouble, whatever it is you have children. And Lehaya, it wasn't the case. Khan, it wasn't the case. So the argument was, Akadish Baruch, you give a sight to a child because she's being accused more than she deserves, also deserves a child. Right here, you have to give me the same. And now, what brings this argument to its strongest point is, she turns to Eli Akaya. You also cheshed b'kshari. You also cheshed b'kshari. You told me I'm drunk. That's not true. And like the Gemara said, brachas cheshed b'kshari tarach levarchet. So she turns to Eli. You also. That was exactly my argument. That it's not fair to accuse me of something which isn't true. Isha kshas ruchanechi. I have a lady who suffered difficulty. I'm not a Russia. I'll tell you a Moscow if Don't consider me a Russia. I'm not a Russia. And if you do, then I have the tsar of being accused falsely. Russia for the suffering. Right. No, it's not a Russia because of what right, 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 right. Not like Russia. Russia for the suffering. So, any exception. Firstly, I'm going to write the Chidashalim. It's simple. I don't know if time is in here for what you said to me, but the Chidashalim is, either and Eddie says, go in peace, and I accept with everything you said. I give you a bracha. A Kaddish Baruch should give, fulfill the request that you asked. You came to Daven, you, you, whatever, it was real tefillah, it was uh, heartfelt tefillah, it wasn't from a point of mistake or drunkenness, Hashem should fulfill your request. That was the bracha Eli gave her, like we said, number one, the Gemara learns from this. The person that was the bracha she wanted. That was the bracha you gave her. This goes back to what she asked for. That's if her tefillah was, A Kaddish Baruch I'm being falsely accused, and therefore I deserve a child, Hashem responds directly to it. You'll get the bracha for a child. Any the coin will give you the bracha. And this goes back to what we said before. When Eli read the words of the of the Urim Batumim, and he said, What's it meant to be telling me? So he thought it meant to be telling me, She's a shikara, stop her. So no, it meant to share. And therefore, you have to give, you have to help her, you have to give her a bracha. And therefore the result of the Twitter was that Eli gave her a bracha, that it should be that that uh, Hashem should fulfill her request. What's very interesting, and it's pointed out in, the, in all the Bukharshim, is that the word for your request is Sha'ilaseh. That's all he told her. When the case was written, it's Sha'ilaseh. He left out the Aleph. So, why did he do that? The correct word, Nashim would say, your request. What's Sha'ilaseh? So, all the Bukharshim asked the question, there are a number of different approaches Bukharshim have, but uh, one of the Bukharshim says, Shaila Seikh is Mulashan Shilya. Shilya is the, the, so to speak, the embryonic sac that the baby grows in. 
And the embryonic sac that the baby grows is called the shelia. And therefore, Eliva's Miram is, I know what you're diving for. In the case of Yitzhak Shalos, it should give you the pregnancy that you're waiting for. And then, then you're going to see, Chana was happy. She got a bracha from Eliva, she saw that it's a sign from Hashem that a Twitter was going to be accepted.